Welcome to the UK Travel Planning Podcast. Your host is the founder of the UK Travel Planning website, Tracy Collins. In this podcast, Tracy shares destination guides, travel tips, and itinerary ideas, as well as interviews with a variety of guests who share their knowledge and experience of UK travel to help you plan your perfect UK vacation. Join us as we explore the UK from cosmopolitan cities to quaint villages, from historic castles to beautiful islands, and from the picturesque countryside to seaside towns. Hello and welcome to the UK Travel Planner Podcast. This is episode 41. I'm over the moon today that we have special guest John Coupland from John England Tours, who's agreed again to come back onto the podcast. And as many of you will know, who are in our UK and London Travel Planner Facebook community, that John is our kind of expert tour driver tour guide for the southeast of England. And he comes on and, and you know, he'll, he'll give advice and help in, in the group when he can, which is absolutely amazing. And obviously, John has been on the podcast previously as well, including episode six, where we talked about discovering historic Southeast England with John England Tours um, and episode 19, best day trips from London in particular. So um, if you want to hear more from John, it's good to go back and listen to those episodes, which we will link to in the show notes. But without further ado, let me welcome John Coupland from John England Tours. Hi, John. Hello, Tracy. Hi, everyone. Lovely to be back again. Where have the months gone? <laughs> I know. It's, isn't it crazy? It's absolutely incredible. And obviously, um, by the time, well, this episode will be coming out just a few days before I actually fly to the UK. So I just thought I'd mention that as well. Yeah, not too long till this one comes out, John. Um, so obviously, I've invited you on today to talk to us about your medieval um, day tours, um, which I'm particularly interested in. I do put my hands up as somebody who was a history teacher and has got a degree in history that I, this is a, an area of history that I'm not brilliantly knowledgeable about. It's an area that Doug's particularly interested in. So maybe he should be doing the podcast with you. Um, so I thought it would be brilliant for you to, to talk about, um, your medieval data and, and we'll, we'll kind of chat all about, uh, you know, what the tour's about, other destinations with a kind of medieval, um, it would be of interest to those who are interested in uh, medieval history. And then we'll talk a little bit. We've got some, I've got some quotes. I have to tell you, I've been very sneaky, John, and I've taken some <laughs> fantastic quotes off your website. So I'm going to be throwing some, right. of those, <laughs> some of those quotes at you from some of your... Um, Keeping me in my toes. Uh, yeah, well, toes. I have to say some of your very, very, very happy uh, clients and customers. And then obviously we'll, at the end of the podcast, we'll talk to people about how they can actually book a tour with you. But anyway, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to let you, let you take the floor, John, and tell us about your medieval data, please. Yes. Thanks, Tracy. So with the medieval England private tour that I do, I set that up to enable my guests to visit some historic places in Southeast England, predominantly Kent and parts of Sussex. Um, in Southeast England. And um, these are historic places that, you know, some are known and some maybe less well known. So I'll give you a couple of examples. So on the listing that you'll see for those who care to have a look at the listing, there's item moats. um, And that's described by Dr. David Starkey, uh, a leading historian in this country as one of the most beautiful and interesting of English country houses. Now, that is about 700 years old. It's showing the vernacular. And so what I mean by that, it's 
um, enabling visitors to see how people used to live in medieval times rather than a cathedral, for example, which, yes. you know, like a, a monumental building. So rather than a monumental building, it's more a home. It's a large home. And in fact, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, so it's Britain's only small, fully complete medieval house with a moat. Right. You have to think about that one. <laughs> and so that's run by the National Trust. And it's so precious. They spent millions conserving it, uh, you know, about 15 or so years ago. And it's just glorious in the heart of uh, what we call the Weald of Kent. I mean, locals here, as we call it, it's the Weald. And uh, that used to be a forest, which is obviously parts of it deforested, um, you know, due to the building of houses, ships, etc. over the centuries. So that that's an incredible piece of history. And it has a 14th century medieval hall in it. So it's really got the wow factor. And and you, as you say, this was this was uh, somewhere where people actually lived, like normal people lived in, rather than family. yeah. I mean, you had to have a degree of wealth. Uh, so right. yes, I mean, like nobles, knights over the years, um, even last century, an American bought it, uh, you know, for All a right. while and um, helped conserve it as well, because of course these places over the years do start falling apart. And more recently, like I mentioned, um, you know, National Trust look after it. And of course, you know, uh, they, they raise funds and conserved it. So it's in its prime. It's just incredible, really. And it's in a beautiful location. But of course, it's reachable. Uh, the, yeah. obviously I provide the transportation, you know, from the suburbs, Bromley, uh, which is only 20 minutes from London, Victoria by train. So it saves a lot of hassle about being stuck in traffic, et cetera. And even if, let's say, uh, my guests um, just have the day, what we usually do is to visit two places like Item Moat. And as per my listing, the other one is Pensers Place, yes. about 20 minutes drive from Item Moats, which I'll cover in a minute. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fine. So so this the, this medieval, have you recently just launched the medieval um, data? Is that a recent? Um, well, I mean, officially I, I listed it. Um, about two years ago, um, okay, but I was yes. doing it anyway. And um, it's part of my tailor-made proposition where um, it was evident to me that some of my guests just wanted something different because it's a mixture. Um, I have some guests maybe who have visited for the first time in England or uh, self-confessed Anglophiles, you know, where they've been here yeah. many times. They've seen most of the major attractions, especially around London, the Tower of London, Hampton Court Palace, Windsor Castle, and they just want something different. Then there's a mix and match where I have guests where they've got a little bit more time that, of course, they want to see the, the attractions, etc., but they want something different, which is not too far from London that they can do, you know, in a day, um, if that's all the time they've got. And it's a really, I say, like, if you've got an interest in medieval history, and as you say, actually, Rather than see, because there's plenty of cathedrals that you can visit in, Absolutely. in, in England. Yeah. But actually go, as you say, for, for Itamote, which I've never been to. So I'm going to have to add that to my list, John. And you already know how much I've got to do when I visit the UK, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, so I have to add that in. So, so Itamote, would you, would you go there? Would that be the first place you'd visit in the morning? Yeah. I mean, usually it is. Um, so because how we time it, what, what, what I offer is it's for most of the places, the guiding. 
Um, but of course, being a local, the interaction with the people who work at these places now, that I feel is really important, the engagement. And, um, you know, and I know my guests love that. Uh, and um, so where I can, I'll introduce uh, my guests um, where practical to some of the, the staff and volunteers um, who work at these historic places. Now, yeah, of course, yeah. somewhere like Item Moat, they don't have that sort of Hollywood pull, which means that, um, okay, the notorious King Henry VIII, you know, it's like Hampton Court Palace. Oh, right. Okay, that was his pleasure palace. Tell me more. And, of course, it attracts a lot of visitors. That's great. But with somewhere like Item Moats, most of my guests wouldn't have even heard about it. And okay, um, of course, it existed during the Tudor times, of course, the medieval times that we're talking about uh, today predominantly. Um, but there's an, a Catherine Aragon connection there, you know, a historic chapel in there. It's just quite an incredible place. And it doesn't feel like an attraction. Okay, because yeah, yeah. it is, I know it's a, a bit of a cliche, but it is off the beaten path, literally, but not too far from London. It's pretty hidden, which is, you know, of course, I, you know, I provide the access for my guests as a local. Yeah. And then so after after visiting um, item, mo- item moat, um, which I, I can't spell, but I know I, <laughs> I did look on your website. Yeah, so sure. I looked at it and went, OK, that's how you pronounce it. So I will put that because I'm sure <laughs> that will come up. <laughs> I will actually put that in the show notes spelt correctly. I will double check that. So after item moat, then where do you, when, then where would you generally take your guests? Generally from? speaking, but there's no must-dos, but as for the listing, it's Pensa's Place. Now, Pensa's Place, again, historic. It's more palatial, so it, it offers something a little bit different. It's only about a 20-minute drive away. It's a bit posher, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, absolutely. It is a bit <laughs> posher. It's, it's grand, okay? But uh, it's, it's, there's a bit of an irony, really, in this because, uh, I mean, it's got you know, centuries worth of history. And um, it was actually the former residence of Edward Stafford, who's the third Duke of Buckingham. And he was the one who, I know I'm impinging on Tudor times inevitably here, but during the reign of King Henry VIII, um, he arguably had a stronger claim to the throne. And uh, Henry VIII, um, you know, of course, uh felt you know threatened that and he Let story short there's a story with yeah. it but not enough time but he had him executed i was gonna say i was gonna say that <laughs> yeah, surprise surprise and of course the king henry the eighth in this case um took over the place and he had um pence's place as his hunting lodge and that's the irony because ah. a hunting lodge Wow, this is a big hunting lodge. <laughs> and it's got a 14th, going back in time, it's got a 14th century medieval hall as well. But, you know, more grand than yep. in uh, item modes, um, but still yep. very historic. So it basically gives a comparison between the two sites. Um, that's uh, a private foundation that uh, that manages the Appenser's place. So... With this medieval listing, there's no must-haves. These are yeah. as per the listing. Um, but then I offer options as well, okay? Would you like me to mention a couple of other places? Yeah, because I have to, I have to say um, just Canterbury came came to mind for me. Yes. Um, mainly because I'm still traumatised from doing the Chaucer's Canterbury Tales when I was at university, <laughs> which which actually made me give up English after the first year. Um, but Canterbury is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful city. 
Um, so I'm guessing Canterbury might come up. Yes, it's a mix and match. Now, generally, as a rule of thumb, um, I try not to uh, go with my guests to more than two destinations in a day because these, of course, are private tours. And the last thing anybody wants is to be rushed. Yeah. And uh, because, as mentioned in our previous uh, podcast, Tracy, the gardens, the gardens, they're beautiful. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to yeah. rush through these things and miss these wonderful gardens, particularly in the spring and summer months. Yeah. Um, so, yes, absolutely. I mean, there's no must-haves. I mean, through my tailor-made proposition, uh, which the listing, you know, does mention, um, there are other options like Canterbury. Of course, that is, you know, the big pull there is the, the famous cathedral. Now, just a caveat, okay. I don't guide in the cathedral because it's a place of worship. Okay. So when yeah. my guests basically want to visit the cathedral, they, they will do that themselves or, you know, have an audio tour, or if um, there's availability, they join a group tour if they want to, okay? But I do um, offer an outdoor guiding tour of Canterbury itself, okay? And it's usually mixed with somewhere else. So, yes, absolutely. It can make, I don't want to confuse anybody here. You know, there are different um, combinations, okay? It's yeah. very possible to do item mode in the morning, and, you know, if my guests prefer to go to Canterbury in the afternoon, yes, absolutely, we can, you know, um, and we don't do Pencil's Place. So what I'm saying really yeah. is that to do item mode Pencil's Place in Canterbury in the day is a push. Uh, yeah, it's so it's just too much. And then I'm going to I'm going to throw Heaver in there as well. <laughs> Heaver Castle. So Heaver Castle. Yes. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. I've had guests who have um, mixed up item moats. Um, you yep. know, we, we do a combination of item moats with Heaver Castle because, uh, some of these places, not Canterbury, but, um, places like item moat, Pensas Place, Heaver Castle, um, they're within what we call the Weald of Kent, the Weald. Um, so that used to be a for- heavily forested area where the medieval kings used to go hunting. Yeah. And, uh, there's also Knoll. Okay, in the area, which I'll come back to in a minute. But Heber Castle absolutely yeah. is in the mix. And of course, that big pull there, as um, many of your listeners will know, is Anne Boleyn. Uh, that was uh, yeah. Anne Boleyn's uh, former family home. Um, so that can be done separately. There's a separate listing for that for Heber Castle. Um, but of course, you know, if my guests have uh, a bit of time during the day, we can, you know, add a bit of medieval like item mode or even Pensler's Place first. And yeah. we do Heber Castle or vice versa. Again, I don't want to confuse anyone. There's lots of different combinations. Yeah, yeah. Just very quickly, I did say I'll come back to that. Knoll's in the in the wheel as well. And um, that's very medieval. That's where the archbishops and bishops used to meet. Um, you know, very palatial. And then um, ultimately, it uh, went to the the Sackville family um, during the uh, the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. So lots of history, you know, medieval, inevitably into the Tudor era as well. Mm-hmm. Oh no, absolutely. So there's, there's lots to choose from, isn't there? So you can obviously you've got your medieval data. You've we know you've got a Tudor day data as well, but you can mix it up. So if 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 for example, if it was myself and Doug, so this is a really good example because he has an absolute real love for medieval history. And I really uh, it's just like the Tudors. Yes. So we could mix it up anyway. Absolutely. We're practical. We're practical. Yeah. Because of course, look, you know, compared to 
the US, Canada, Australia, geographically, we're a small country. Um, but as you know, we have windy, beautiful country lanes and things. And um, of course, you want to take that in at a good, nice, you know, pace. And it's um, important to be realistic in terms of reasons already given what we can cover. So I'll give you another yeah. example, completely different example, for example. So outside of the Weald of Kent. So the Weald of Kent is um, it's sort of like west of the county of Kent. So from where I pick up my guests in Bromley, it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to get to the Weald of Kent. OK, um, but for example, uh, if. Uh, my guests want Canterbury and perhaps Dover Castle. That's outside of the area that we just spoke about predominantly. And um, that'll be a longer journey to Canterbury. And of course, Canterbury can be a very busy place. So we need to factor that in. OK. Yeah. So, yes, I've uh, delivered a number of tours to Canterbury. And, um, and after we visit Canterbury, we go to Dover Castle, which, of course, has that medieval history within the castle. And I don't want to digress too much, but it's got layers and layers and layers of history, you know, going, you know, through, you know, the, the Great War, the First World War, and of course, the Second World War. Um, so lots of layers of history. So, I mean, basically, John, um, people need to jump onto your website and have a look because you offer, you really offer such a, a, a wide variety of options. If people have got an interest in Churchill, if people have got an interest in, in Anne Boleyn, if people have got an interest in more in the Tudors, if people have got an interest in medieval, if they've got an interest in all the castles, you, you basically cover such a lot of different places. And as you say, places that I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm English. I hadn't heard of Iron Moat or Penso's place. So I'm kind of fascinated to go and, and, and find out more about these places now. Um, you know, just to increase my own knowledge as as well about what it was like to live in medieval um, England. You know, I know a certain amount, but but how fascinating an op- opportunity to do that. Um, but also, I just want to kind of say, John, because you got you, t- you touched on a couple of things as we've been talking that I just want to actually kind of really kind of stress. And it, I, I did. We we wrote between ourselves. I know you were involved, and Victoria's involved, and if it has helped um, to put together. I did an article about the benefits of having a bri- private driver to a guide and you've kind of touched on a couple of those the fact that you have you know the local knowledge you know you, you drive you, you get driven to these places so you can sit back you can enjoy it you're not rushed as you would be on a on a, on a group tour you know you have those contacts and the knowledge you you know the people at the different places so you know you can introduce people to them i'm now just going to throw this in there i'm going to read some of the um the the uh, quotes from your web- website, from reviews from from some of your guests, and um, so I just think it's really it just re- really adds another depth to it to actually hear what some of your guests have set- said. So obviously, people who are listening to the podcast can't see, but John's gone; he's actually blushing. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to say, so th- this is I've got I have got four. I'm going to I am going to do all four of them, John. Wow, I'm, I'm going to take a I deep breath here. <laughs> Well, because I think they all touch on really important points that I think is really important for our listeners to to hear, really. And the first one, um, basically, and again, they all bring up these same points. As a local, John understands exactly where to go and how best to get around. It took the guesswork out of it for us. John was gracious and easy to talk with and has relationships with those who work at these historic properties. We felt taken care of from start to finish. 
I always tell friends that private tours are the best way to spend your time and money when traveling abroad. And that was definitely proved true with John. So there, that's just lovely. So, you know, um, again, it's reinforcing the the benefits of, of going with you guys. And obviously, you know, we have you and we have quite a few private driver tour guys across the country that have been on the podcast. And, you know, it, it's it's fantastic. So how did you feel about that that review? I bet that made you feel very happy when that yeah, came Yeah, it's rewarding to get them. I mean, you know, of course, why wouldn't I love getting reviews like that? And, um, and they're hard-earned, you know, because, I mean, yes. my, my mantra really is treat others the way you want to be treated, you know. And everybody's got different expectations, and it's important to – you know, sometimes particularly if they want a tailor-made tour, like, um, you know, some yeah. of mine are not just for the day, they're, you know, two or maybe even three days, you know. Um, so I don't do multi-day tours, you know. I don't organize accommodation and things like that because I'm not a travel agent. You know, what I concentrate yeah. are the actual tours. But where people got more time, you know, sometimes they spend more than a day. Um, and it could be a bit of a mix and match between medieval and other um, eras as well. But you go ahead. I mean, yeah. the reviews obviously are very, very rewarding. Um, puts a spring in my step. They're really important. And, and, and also I think they, you know, they talk about your versatility as well and your ability. Cause obviously when you're, when you're a tour guide, you have to be able to get on with people. And this, this next quote I really like because it also shows, you know, you're not just, you're dealing with, uh, multi-generational, uh, families, you know, yes. friends, couples, whatever. But this one was, was really lovely. Um, John provided an outstanding tour for our family, my wife and three children, ages ranging from 7 to 11, and myself. I cannot recommend John highly enough. He was attentive to the needs of a family, regularly pointing out spots to get snacks or to use the toilets, patient with lagging children, helping with lots of family photos, and our children absolutely adored him. So, you know, and, you know, when we talk about history and these history tours, I can imagine sometimes people with, with, with kids may think, oh, how is this going to work if I'm taking children on a tour with John? And then you read that. So obviously, you know, can you remember that tour? Yes, I do. That was, a, that was a lovely family from Canada. And um, yep. we, we visited Canterbury first that day. And then um, on the way back, all planned, um, we visited Historic Knoll, the one I mentioned earlier. Yes. For that one, there was a bit for everybody because the kids were still fairly young. And, um, so, and a couple of them were a bit jet lagged. So, uh, thankfully that, you know, a couple of them managed to have a quick nap in my car on the way to Canterbury. So with that one, of course, I mean, look, you know, I'm a family man myself. My, my kids are slightly older now, the young adults, but having traveled, um, you know, we're a family of five, you know, got three kids. Um, I guess you have that experience. And everybody is different, but some one thing that I will definitely consider and make sure is that the children are engaged as well. So very quick example, when we got to Knoll, there's not a play area as such, but it's a very good interactive area where um, there's a bit of technology, okay, um, where the kids will be hands-on and can interact yeah. with that technology. So you know, while the parents are speaking to some of the staff. So, again, you know, it's bringing those things in. There's nothing deep in terms of a big history lesson because at the end of the day, they're on vacation. <laughs> Why would I do that to them? <laughs> you know, and it's fun, you know, and um, Noel's got a deer park. So why wouldn't we see some of the deer? Yeah, we're not stuck in the house just looking at artifacts. We go and see the deer, you know. 
So it's bringing those sort of things to light. That, that's perfect. So, yeah, so it's lovely to know, obviously, if you, you know, people have got families that are interested in going on a tour, tour with you that, you you know, you can you can, you can can cater for for families as well. It doesn't matter, kind of, you yeah. know, the kids obviously were quite young, saying seven, seven with the eldest one was 11. Um, another quote we had was actually about the medieval, um, somebody did the medieval and Tudor English private data, I guess. So obviously you did the mix, so we yes, talked, like we talked about. Went to um, item moat. I'm always pre- think I'm going to say yeah, that wrong. <laughs> and Heaver Castle, um, and that you said that you were very knowledgeable and very kind, and the private tour was all they expected and lots more, which is brilliant, absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, again, very rewarding, and you know, uh, of course, that one, you know, had a degree of qualification in there. Yeah, and because they wanted a bit of both, and of course, you know, medieval leads into Tudor. I mean, just, just for, for, you know, nothing deep here, but just to give listeners a bit of, um, a bit of knowledge on the era we're talking about predominantly. Um, yeah. speaking, when we say medieval England, we're talking about 11th century to the 15th century. So it's something like 1066 to 1485. And, um, those who are sort of Tudor lovers particularly will know the significance of 1485, the Battle of Bosworth Field. Uh, where Richard, King Richard III was defeated by the then-to-be um, King Henry VII. Um, yeah. That was King Henry VIII's father. But this is where I can go into all sorts of rabbit holes and, 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 and talk for England, literally. And so that that would be sort of like very loosely the medieval period. Now, obviously, yeah. there, are different, there are different parts of that, like the Middle Ages, etc., um, and then beyond that, really, from, you know, sort of 1486 inclusive, you know, it's like the Tudor era, uh, where we go into, of course, um, you know, where I mentioned, um, King Henry VII and then obviously King Henry VIII and, uh, and then his, um, various daughters, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, and then of course the Bolins come up, et cetera. So absolutely this, you know, one leads to the other and, um, yeah. You know, inevitably, there's a bit of a mix in that, and that's some guess yeah. So for me, I mean, I, you know, if if it, what what I would find really interesting, I have to say, is doing the medieval data and then going on to day two and doing the Tudor. That's a great way. I think that's a, that would be really in depth if you really want to kind of get a good good feel for for what it was like in those times. And then you know, that's a great way to do it. Um, and bringing in the kids. I mean, just talking about families, yeah. and um, and it's not just about uh, small kids, of course, etc. Um, what I found through my guests is that sense of freedom as well, Tracy. Um, so, of course, London's great, you know, and um, like I mentioned, you know, Tower of London, Hampton Court Palace, etc. I don't cover the Tower of London. Nothing wrong with it. I just don't cover that. You know, my my focus predominantly is southeast England. OK, so that yep. and, and Sussex. Um, of course, I've got a couple of other tours. I, I guide at Hampton Court Palace, which is southwest of London. Um, but uh, what we're talking about here when we talk about medieval England is predominantly southeast England in Kent and, and Sussex. And there's a lot on offer. But the point I was trying to make is that um, I've had uh, families who are um, really impressed by the way um, these um, uh, destinations like castles offer a lot of freedom where they can explore. So I'll give you an example. Um uh, so, you know, uh, there's um, one of your members of UK Travel Planning, um, Amy and her family, and uh, last year in the summer, who they booked uh, Dover Castle with me with the White Cliffs and, you know, we had glorious weather, 
etc. Yep. And two teenage um, children, and they read down the rounds, etc. And I got the feeling that you didn't have to say it. It's like the kids, you know, being teenagers, saying, "Oh, not another tour," sort of thing, you know. But they were enlightened the fact that in Dover Castle, there's a lot of freedom to explore tunnels and passages up you know medieval steps etc whether it was good enough to even go on the roof you know to have a look at this fantastic view of dover and you know and the coast and um and of course uh you know in terms of the english channel so they actually expressed how different it was compared to some of the major sites in london where, you know, and we talked about it, you know, and they, they weren't yeah. the first ones to have told me that it's, it has a less of an attraction feel. It's, it's uh, somewhere they can really experience and uh, enjoy yeah. the freedom of the day. Hope that makes sense. That, no, that's a really good point. That really is a good point about that as well. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I obviously, I, I mean, I, I love visits and all the, the main, the main destinations in, in, in London. Um, yeah, I think absolutely. I've gone to the Tower of London yeah. about four times. Um, <laughs> and it's great. And I think they have got really good at kind of, cause, you know, as I said, I used to be a history teacher. I was a history teacher. And I, you know, sometimes I want to sit and cry when I think about how boring it can, it, what used to be. Yes. I think everything is so much more improved, much more interactive, much yeah. more hands on, much more. I mean, even I think about going to Stonehenge. Um, I, I think the little museum, the visitor center at Stonehenge is fantastic. It's been done really, really well. It's a really interesting, um, you know, visitor center museum where you can learn about Stonehenge. And, and I think that's important. Um, rather than feeling that, you know, you're going to be taking your kids to somewhere that they're going to find it boring or it's just going to be too much, but actually that there is some, you know, it's going to be interesting for them as well. Um, I'm just going to jump in, John, because I'm kind of conscious of time, but I just want to, I just want to read the fourth. What I did say I was going to do four, so I'm going to do four. Um, <laughs> so the next one, we had a very enjoyable and interesting day at Hever with John. He did all he could to make our visit comfortable and convenient. We particularly enjoyed the introduction and interaction with the staff at the castle. You see that I think that is amazing, John. That, that would make a huge bit difference to me because I'm sure I'm sure listeners don't get this, but, you know, I actually quite like talking and I do quite like talking to people. <laughs> so for me, being able to talk to the staff and you know what, because you always have questions that come up when you're wandering around these places. Of course. So, you know, you want to ask, don't you? And you think, oh, this might be sound silly, but I want to yeah. ask this question. The fact, you know, and they said, you know, John's relationships and government and local knowledge def- definitely made him worth seeking out. We enjoyed his company and will um, definitely tour with John in the future. And, we, you know, and that's really the best reference reference and uh, you can get. Is somebody saying, we've been out on a tour with you, but we want, we're going to come back and do it again. Yeah, and that, that's it's super rewarding when that happens, and it's happened. And, of course, yeah. COVID and sort I, of, like, delayed everything. But particularly last year, I, I met some guests again, you know, um, yeah. I'd met before the pandemic, and they're able to come back, and, you know, they become good friends, you know. Um, I've got a, a set of guests who are coming back this summer and um, where um, I delivered a two-day tour um, for them, some, you know, Tudor and some, you know, of course, yep. back in time medieval. And they're booking a four-day tour with me, um, you know, going more in-depth, you know, this summer. Yep. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's very tailor-made, that and bespoke. And that's brilliant. And, you know, that, that that's what you can do. So, I'm, as I say, I'm kind of slightly conscious of the time because I think we've covered quite a lot, though. Um, 
And I just want to ask you as well, really, because I know people listening will be kind of going, oh, this sounds really great. I want to get in contact with John. Uh, I, I want to chat to him about, you know, making a tour that will fit my family or me or me and my husband, me and my partner, whatever. Um, so can you just talk us through how they can do that, John? Sure. Again, I've touched on this. Everybody's got different expectations and requirements, etc. And again, putting in perspective, we're talk- predominantly talking about Kent and Sussex here, okay, parts of Sussex. So what I would say to guests is have a look um, around my website. That's johnenglandsource.com. Um, please tell me that, you know, you've listened to this podcast. So I know that, you know, you're part of the UK travel planning um, you know, community. That's important. Yep. And, um, and so have a look around. There's some blogs on there that will help with ideas on my website. So have a, a read of those. Um, there's the tailor made page, uh, where I share some ideas as well, uh, in terms of some of the more popular tools, you know, uh, in terms of the tailor made offering. And it, yep. it could give you some ideas, but of course, there's the contact form. Fill that out. If you've got any questions, let me know and we can take it from there and um, and I can personalize it as best as I can. But, you know, just as a reminder, these are private tours. Yeah, I know we all mm-hmm. want to see all these places and cram it in, etc. But as a rule of thumb, really, it's really two destinations in a day. Of course, we can break for lunch or tea, particularly in the summer months. Yeah. So we don't rush around. Yeah, no, that's great. And and, and obviously I'm going to put I'll put links to your website into in the show notes as well. Um I am just going to tell everybody that then I'm going to be going out with John to to Heaver Castle. We haven't kind of decided where the second destination is. Well, it could yet. be a surprise, Tracy. You never know. But uh, I think we've mentioned that we've mentioned one of those places in this podcast. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that would be really exciting. Yeah. So, it'd be a good and day. I know, and I'm hoping to do a podcast after being in the UK for sort of two or three weeks. So, I'm sure I'll be talking about about that tour. So, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, but I just want to say um, thank you so much, John, for coming on again and talking about your tours and and you know just get, getting to know. So, people, our listeners get to know you. Obviously, people on our on our Facebook group know you pretty well as well, and you know listen to the other podcasts and um you know contact john if you've got any questions you want to book anything get in touch just please do mention us <laughs> yes please do it's been a pleasure tracy it's always good to speak with you and um and i look forward to hearing you know from some of your members uh, to help them too that's brilliant so i just want to kind of finish off the podcast by um just saying to everybody so um if you want to find out john's details and in any way we talked about in today's episode including how you spell i am moat um you can you can find that in the show notes which for this episode which will be on ukchavelplanet.com forward slash episode 41 but i say you can also listen to john in previous episode six and episode um 18 i think it was i, get I that think right. you said 19 did you 19 oh honestly my age oh, i'm forgetting <laughs> things honestly um, if i heard that right. episode, it's a good job you remember so that's right episode 19 um so episode six and episode 19 you can hear from john again but again i'll put that in the podcast uh no show notes um, but basically, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody for listening. We really appreciate um, how, how much um, people are tuning in every week to listen to the podcast. Um, and uh, we're getting some fantastic reviews in. And while I'm not going to do it this week, I will again be reading out reviews. So do please pop onto your um, wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review. We absolutely love it. And I do 
I love giving shout outs to people on the podcasts. So, you know, leave us a, leave us a review and uh, you never know, you could hear your name on the podcast. But that's all I want to say for this week. Um, and for everybody out there and for myself, because I'll be going to the UK very soon. Happy UK travel planning.